And this is probably a lesson I have learned from yoga to really try and be in the moment and just appreciate what's going on around you. There's a lovely saying in yoga that the present is the only moment where you're truly alive because you're not alive in the past or the future. I love that. It's just, yeah, it's just about grabbing those moments in between the rush that I think is really important in self-care. Welcome to the Happy Nurse Podcast. Nurses are the backbone of healthcare, always there to care for strangers as if they were one of their own, often forsaking special moments with their own family in order to ensure another's loved one is being cared for. As nurses, self-care is essential. I am Elena Mullery, nurse educator and self-care mentor for nurses. I'm an RN with 20 years of clinical experience. I have first-hand experience of stress and burnout. It was this experience which led me to develop a passion for personal development and pursue the study of mindfulness, meditation, hypnotherapy and neuro-linguistic programming. Each episode, I will be promoting self-care strategies to those who always care for others. I have broken self-care down into five aspects mental, emotional, physical, spiritual and indulgence to make it easy to ensure all your self-care needs are being met. Each episode I will interview nurses and self-care gurus from around the world to help you with each aspect of your self-care. Welcome to the Happy Nurse Podcast with Elena Mullery. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Happy Nurse. I am Elena and today I am joined by Emma Gracie. Emma is a nurse in the UK. Hi, Emma. Thanks for joining the show today. Hello. Thanks for having me. Where in the UK are you based, Emma? I forgot to ask you. Um, South End in Essex. Okay, so you're right down the bottom there. My accent. (laughs) I I actually couldn't work out where your accent was from. I've been away too long. I forget where all these accents are from. (laughs) So I'll just introduce you to the listeners so they know a bit about you and what you've been up to. So in 1997, just before turning 16, Emma was accidentally flung into the world of healthcare. This unexpected journey lit a fire in her that would carry her through the 23 years of nursing that followed. Emma has worked in various settings since then, ranging from nursing homes, a hospice, GP surgeries, the community, and most recently a school. Her nursing career has been varied and she's witnessed births, deaths, and all that lies in between. Emma has been exhausted, heartbroken, and sexually assaulted. She has anguished over children who aren't her own, and she has battled her own illness that forced her to change places from nurse to patient. Emma wanted to remember the many people who have affected her, so started making little notes of them and the lessons they taught her. She thought maybe her children might like to read about them one day. Then last summer, because other people started showing an interest in her stories, she started a blog where she wrote about her many experiences. She originally planned to turn the notes into a book, but it felt like an overwhelming task until she found herself shielding during lockdown. Initially, she found it very difficult to step down from nursing at a time when they were needed the most. However, a rare lung condition meant that she had to stay at home, and this gave her time that she wanted to spend wisely. 
Two years ago, she trained as a yoga teacher as an extra job because Emma has loved yoga for 20 years and wanted to share this passion. During lockdown, she started teaching it via YouTube as her class couldn't run normally and reworked her blog into her nursing memoir, Blue Girl, Nursing Beyond the Ward. After talking with a friend who knows about the book world, she decided to self-publish it on Amazon in July. Since then, Emma has been amazed at the feedback she's received on social media and Amazon. Blue Girl has made number one in the hot new releases of medical memoirs and biographies. She's had some great reviews saying the book is funny, sad, shocking, and most of all, honest. The reviews have meant the most are the ones from other nurses and student nurses who have said it's made them excited about their career. Emma has been invited to take part in interviews, podcasts, been in her local paper and also spoke at a rally supporting NHS Pay 15, a grassroots organisation committed to fair pay for NHS staff. Emma has written to Boris Johnson twice on this subject. That's the Prime Minister of the UK for my Australian listeners and my US listeners who may not know who Boris Johnson is. And she's yet to receive a reply. Her first letter was written before the pandemic and the second one after. Both are included in the book. When shielding ended in August, Emma was thankfully able to return to work. Having almost six months off made her realise that even during times when she felt overwhelmed, she is meant to be a nurse. Nursing is hard, the hours, level of responsibility and emotional load is hard to bear at times. But she has also had a blast and met and learned from extraordinary characters who she will never forget. Emma would love for you to meet them too and share the crazy, sad, shocking, moving and hilarious experiences that made her blue girl. Wow, what a journey you have been on. That's awesome. I love it. When I hear it like that, it doesn't say it sounds like it's someone else. <laughs> yeah, I get like that too. When people introduce me, I'm like, are they talking about me? Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy it. You've worked hard for it. <laughs> it's all very recent it's all really taken off well since july really but you've been writing your blog for a while i believe yes i started that last summer um i think in july as well yes because actually it was a year between posting my first blog and holding my first book oh wow that's amazing <laughs> so yeah i just because i had so many stories and I, you know, you do tell stories to your friends and things, don't you? Yeah. Obviously confidentially. But um, people just, they, there was a lot of interest. So I started writing the blog. And also I wanted people to really understand what nursing entails because a lot of people don't quite get really what our job is day to day. So the blog was, you know, got a lot more interest than I thought it would. And then, yeah, because I had all that time in lockdown, I took all the blogs and put them into Word. And just, I was surprised to see that I had 26,000 words just with the blogs. And a, a minimum, a rough idea for a non-fiction book should be about 35,000 words. So I started working on it, adding more stories, telling a bit more of my personal life because the blogs had been mainly about patients. And, yeah, I ended up with a little book. Oh, that's so awesome. And what a great way to um, reflect on your practice as well by writing little stories and notes to yourself about stuff that's happened. 
Yeah, I think it is easy to forget sometimes when you've seen, you know, particularly over, well, it's 23 years since I was 16, so it's a lot of time. And thankfully, keeping little notes has kept those fearful alive. Well, that's brilliant. I know, what a great thing to do. I've been a nurse for, um, well, it was 97 I started as well, actually. That's when I started my training. So, um, yeah. I, there's stuff from back then I probably don't remember, but there's still patients I remember meeting during my training that still yeah. to this day, I remember their names and everything. They, they've never left me. Yeah, they do really have an impact. Yeah, massive impact. So how did you accidentally get flung into the world of healthcare? <laughs> well, when I was 16, so I was brought up in a church um, and I was sitting in a service one Sunday and the minister said, oh, he just did, read out an advert for a job and it was he advertised it as housework for an elderly lady. And it was only two hours on a Saturday, two hours on a Sunday, and it was really good pay for the 90s and for a 16-year-old. So I thought, oh, yeah, that sounds all right. And because I think because I'd been brought up in a church, my mum had always, I don't want to say forced, but strongly encouraged me to talk to the elderly every week when I was there. Um, which I'm really grateful for her now because that's I love the elderly and that's ended up being one of my favourite fields to work in. But yes, I just thought I thought that would be fine, little housework job. So I turned up one Saturday to meet the lady that did it Monday to Friday, and she opened the door and was just she just looked at me and said, "Do you are you sure you want this job?" And I was like, "Yeah, fine. Why? You know, a bit of housework." And she said, "Well, come in and I'll show you what we do." And it was nothing to do. It was completely wrong what the minister had said. It was a quite intense care job because she was bed bound, the lady. She was about 94, I think, definitely in her 90s. She was very tall. So she was really hard for me to manoeuvre. I'm five foot three. Um, she, I obviously had no training in manual handling, anything like that. So I, but I just kept thinking of the money at the time because I, all my friends were working in supermarkets and things and I'd have had to do so many more hours. It ended up being £10 an hour, which in 1997 was pretty good. So <laughs> that's why I went for it. And it, but it was when I, oh, honestly, I just cringe when I look back. I didn't have gloves when I started. You know, I was clearing up her pads, her soiled pads and changing her bed with her in it, which she had about three mattresses on. I'll never understand why, but I had to like get on the bed to get all the bedding off, roll her over. It was really physical. Oh my um, gosh. Then I had to, while I was doing all that, so I used to get there, start preparing her meal. She only ate, she ate exactly the same thing every day, which was chicken broth, which I had to make by just basically boiling up a chicken for hour, for two hours I was there. An orange, boiled egg and soldiers, as we call them here, and a piece of chocolate cake. And she had that every single evening without fail. But she seemed to really be excited about this little dinner. Um, so, yeah, that's how I accidentally got flung into it. Oh, wow. But what a great preparation for the world of nursing, because there's your basic nursing care right there at the start. <laughs> My mum, actually, when I wrote the book, she said, I can't believe I let you do that looking back. But I said, I'm glad she did, because it, like you say, it just flung me in at the deep end and set really my career from there on. Yeah, because I remember 
with my first couple of placements. I was a Project 2000 student. I don't know if you were too. Oh, no, I have heard of that though. Yeah, I don't know if they did it in um, England, but in Scotland it was like that bridging between the hospital training and the university, like the degree. And um, I remember going out on my first placement and... um, it was an aged care and I've, I was 17 and I'd never done any kind of nursing before. And I remember thinking, oh, my goodness, what have I got myself into? <laughs> that initial like, oh, so naive, 17, you know, but yeah, but that was it's your bread and butter nursing. You know, so I'll never forget those placements in the um, the old people's homes because that's where you learn all your really basics, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. So as you know, the happy nurse is all about promoting self-care to nurses and healthcare professionals. When I speak about self-care, I talk about having non-negotiable in my self-care. Do you have any non-negotiables in yours? For me, it's yoga. Awesome. Even if I just do 10 or 15 minutes a day, I feel so much better without it. And I've got to a point now where I I feel like I just can't live without it. It's become part of my daily routine. So I either do it, depending on how early I need to start work and get the kids out and everything, I either do it as soon as I get up or after work. That way I can vary the practice as well. So if I want a bit more of an energy boost or something to wind me down after work. But yeah, for me, I really depend on yoga. That's awesome. I love the idea of yoga and I'd love to be able to do it, but I just can't. I can't do the breathing. I really struggle. <laughs> oh, that, do you know, so many of my class say that. And when I started, because I've only been teaching it, it's coming up to two years. It was, yeah, it was November 18. I first ran a class and the breathing, I used to say to people, don't bother about the breathing yet. Just get familiar with the postures, you know, how they feel in your muscles and everything. And then the breathing just comes. As you get more familiar with the routines and things, It's it just comes to them. And, uh, yeah, a lot of people have said that. And now, after doing it for two years, they've really got it down. Well, that's awesome. I'll have to remember that next time I give it a go. So just focus on the positions rather than yeah, the breath. I think there is a lot of pressure. And it is quite hard to... You know, get everything together and you're trying to do say sun salute and you're trying to remember when to breathe in when to breathe out learning new postures doing down dog properly and everything it is a lot to get your head around so I think just yeah go easy on yourself and it will just come naturally in the end cool maybe I'll try at home before I go into a studio yeah. anywhere <laughs> <laughs> yeah that sounds like a plan I created a model of self-care because when I first started teaching self-care to nurses, I realized very quickly that self-care often gets associated with things like bubble baths, day spas, going to the hairdresser, etc. when actually it's so much more. I broke it down into the mental, emotional, physical, spiritual and indulgent aspects of self-care. And it's often these indulgent aspects that get associated with self-care. What would be your idea of indulgent self-care? So it would still include a bit of yoga. (laughs) That's awesome. If I had... What I love is when I have the house to myself in the evening and if my husband's out and the kids, they're just doing whatever in their room. But I love doing, not 
very long, maybe a 20-minute calm yoga session and then a bath. And I spend ages in the bath. And I, I have candles and everything. And I often watch something. Like I have my phone or an iPad next to me and I watch either my favourite show, like Big Little Lies or something I used to watch in the bath. And it's just really my own time. Nobody bothers me. And it's just that time. Yeah, I love that. I love those lines. Yeah, that's awesome. I often see that, that the indulgent aspect is something that brings you joy and lights you up. So, yeah, you've just described that beautifully for yourself. <laughs> I'm a big bath fan as well. Epsom salts, essential oils, the whole lot goes in there. Yeah. The kids know not to bang on the door. Yeah. <laughs> in our last, when we lived in a flat, we only had one bathroom and they were younger then. So I had to wait until they were sound asleep in bed. But thankfully now we've got a little bathroom upstairs. So if they need the loo, they can go there. <laughs> oh, awesome. Do you know what my only bugbear about Australian houses? We have these beautiful big houses over here, but the baths are about half the size of the baths in the UK. I have to <laughs> fold myself into it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, even it's too small for my 12-year-old. They're tiny. Oh, I didn't know that. That was funny. Yeah, <laughs> you can get bigger ones, but the standard bath in a house over here is, is much smaller than the lovely big baths you've got oh, back there. Our houses are much more pokey over here, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? The houses are lovely and big, but the baths are tiny. <laughs> it's all showers over here. Yeah, not the same. <laughs> no, no, you need to chill in the bath. If you enjoy meditating or you would like to give meditation a try, why not head on over to happynurse.com.au forward slash meditation to download my free guided meditation for stress and anxiety relief. It's 12 minutes of pure self-care. I speak about being the best versions of ourselves and I'm sure... You probably do this already because of your yoga work. Who or what inspires you to be the best version of yourself? Well, I think predominantly my children because I want them to learn from me. Obviously, I don't always get it right. Um, None of us do, hey? (laughs) (laughs) They... Yeah, they inspire me to work on the things that aren't as good about myself. Like Sometimes I can be... I'm very patient with people, but I'm very impatient with things like computers when they don't work, that kind of thing. (laughs) So I have to work on that to be a better example for them. And, yeah, just when I look back on my patients and just think of the lessons they've taught me, and one of the generations I love learning from is the war generation. I just find they are an incredible group of people who have been through so much they're so they always seem so grateful for what they have and the way they lived in awful times they just got on with it and it was just the norm for them and I think especially now during the pandemic we can really learn from them and I love talking to those patients and often I think yeah it was a year ago I was doing some home visit flu vaccinations and um I spoke to a lady who was just talking to me. I love just spending time with that. I used to do it at the end of my clinic so that I could stay a bit longer than I would be paid for because <laughs> she was just so interesting. And one thing they, she said to me that I really didn't realise is that she never felt fear during the war. Even she was young, she was a teenager. She said she actually had bombs like going off outside her bedroom window. She never felt afraid, I think just because it was the norm. And I'd never realised that. And in the groups that I run, 
um, for the elderly. I asked them the same and they said, no, we didn't really feel frightened. We just got on with it. And I find that incredible. And I think that all my patients do inspire me to be a better nurse and learn from times when I haven't, you know, if I reflect and think, oh, I didn't do that as well as I wanted to, or I wish I'd spent a bit more time there or listening a bit more. But that generation, I find incredible. And I really really learn from them so they do inspire me to they I think they affect my perspective on how I look at things because they've got so much to teach us if you listen to them yeah they are a wonderful generation aren't they I I had a conversation similar to this the other day with one of the other mums at school and they were talking about the pandemic and I said yeah but you know humanity's been through worse you know look at the two world wars that our ancestors lived through that's really interesting what you say about them just accepting it as normal and not being afraid I find it amazing my nan actually because my grandparents are all from the east end in London and she completely lost her house twice she just came home from work and it was rubble lost everything except the clothes literally the clothes on her back and, and when she spoke about it, it was just, yes, that we managed to salvage the kitchen table and then we carried on. And I just cannot, can you imagine having it now? Wow. <laughs> Not be able to cope. And I just, it really baffles me how they got on with it. But I That's, find them amazing. It's real resilience, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they're they're fascinating, the elderly people. And like I work in recovery and when I get an older person to look after, I usually have them in recovery probably longer than they really need to be there because I just enjoy <laughs> listening to them and their stories. And they've always got a story. They're always oh, yes. full of, um, yeah, good stories. And yeah, they're just so appreciative of your time as well and, oh, and what you're doing for them. Another thing I love about them is they don't rush through life. I don't know, maybe that's because they didn't have the technology and I suppose life then wasn't instant. You, everything was, you know, you wrote a letter or things took longer rather than email and everything being immediate. And they just, I love, they slow me down and calm me down, actually. You'd think the other way, if I'm rushing to a clinic, I'd be like, oh, come on, get out. But the way they, the, their manner and the way they speak, I just love. And I just love sitting there listening and spending, just having a few minutes peace with them I find them quite peaceful people actually yeah they're very grounded aren't they they just yeah they seem to take everything in their strides and it takes a lot to rattle them really doesn't it definitely and that's not to say you know I don't mean that what people go through now isn't important and we're all coping with a lot I just think they can teach us how to how to deal with things that we have now. Oh, yeah, definitely. I agree. They're just a really interesting generation of people. And the thing is, you know, we don't have them around for much longer, so we need to learn from them while we can because, yeah. They are special. I've, there's quite a lot of stories from that generation in my book, actually, because I spent, especially in the, when I started out my first job after qualifying was in a palliative care home. And I've done a lot of, I did nursing homes while I was training and things as well. So I spent a lot of time with the elderly. And then in general practice, you see them a lot as well. So there's a lot of stories from that generation. Oh, how awesome. I look forward to reading your book at some point, actually. <laughs> It'd be good. Um, what other expertise can you offer to the listeners of the Happy Nurse podcast? 
what would be your words of wisdom? In terms of self-care, do you mean? Yeah. I just think wherever you are, try and find... See, I'm really lucky to live by the sea and I have a really lovely park near me. But I think for me, as well as the yoga, I love spending time outside. I, I mean, there's lots of studies that have shown that being in nature is really good for your mental health. And I think in terms of self-care, yeah, nurses are really busy. We do long hours. We might, you, know, you might not get time to go to classes and things and have long baths all that often. But I, for me, it's about just grabbing a snippet in that moment. So it might just be walking to work, but really paying attention to, especially this time of year over here, I love it. It's really autumn, the trees are beautiful. So just really, I think it's really important, and this is probably a lesson I have learned from yoga, to really try and be in the moment and just appreciate what's going on around you. There's a lovely saying in yoga that, the present is the only moment where you're truly alive because you're not alive in the past or the future. I love that. And it's to clear my head. I just love going for walks. I might walk my daughter to school. And it's just, yeah, it's just about grabbing those moments in between the rush that I think is really important in self-care. Yeah, I, I'm i a big advocate for presence too. I've got a mindfulness and meditation background I speak about being present a lot. And when I'm working with them, my, especially my group coaching clients, we do a lot of work around being present. And like what you were describing, you know, being out in nature, it's like a form of meditation if you are completely present in the moment. You know, you don't have to sit and meditate in the lotus position like a lot of people no, no. think. It's, <laughs> it's just being, that's a beautiful saying about the only moment you're alive is in the present one it's so true but we can so quickly go up into our heads and be thinking about the past or the or the future and we forget to appreciate the moment that we're in and yeah you've just made me a bit homesick speaking about those trees (laughs) 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 it's beautiful yeah I haven't been over for two years next month since I was last back and I don't know how long it's going to be till I get back because the Australia, the international borders closed indefinitely at the moment. So, oh, yeah, but yeah, I've thank goodness for Skype and Zoom and all oh, the above. I can, yeah, I get to keep in touch with all my family. <laughs> There's actually a really good book about medicine, mindfulness, and humanity called Attending, and that's all about being present in your practice. Yeah, I speak about that one a lot. Oh, that's rude. That I might read that because I have patients and some family members actually who they're either sad that their life isn't how it was or they're really stressing about their life changing or their children growing up. They don't really take time to appreciate the now. And I think if people could learn to do that, that is so vital to contentment really. Yeah, I was speaking about this in a class I taught last week. And I don't know if you heard of Brene Brown. Do you know who I'm talking about? No. She's this researcher based in the US and she does a lot of work around um, shame, vulnerability. But she was in one of her podcasts recently, she was talking about her daughter and how they were out on this lake with this pedal boat. And suddenly her daughter, who... 
she's not that old, but she's she's about 12 to 14-ish, I think. I couldn't remember. She says her daughter just stopped suddenly and she was like, what are you doing? And she says, I'm taking a photograph in my mind of this moment because it's perfect. Wow. You know, how beautiful is that? You know, kids appreciating just how important it is to record those moments of joy because we often forget to. That's lovely. And especially for kids now who grow up with screens thrown at them, that is lovely to appreciate real life and where you are. Yeah. My daughter, actually, she's 11. The park that we walk through for her school and everything, there's one tree that she really loves and she she does the same. She just stops. She takes note of how red it is or whether it's spring, summer. She really, I don't know what it is about this tree, but she loves it. And I love that, that she's just taken in surroundings and she's quite, she's developing a little interest in photography, actually. And she's, I mean, obviously I would think she's good, I'm biased, but she, I think that for her, that is about just capturing that moment. Obviously it's lovely to do it in your mind. Yeah. <laughs> but just that, yeah, it's just about appreciating where you are, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And gratitude is very powerful in itself for bringing you back into the present. And, and yeah, remembering just there is some good in the world. It's not all bad because we oh, can. It really is. Yeah, we can get stuck in our heads. So if the listeners would like to read your book, where can they find it? It's available on Amazon. But at the moment, it's Amazon um, because it's published by them. It's in Australia. It's only available as an ebook. Okay. And what about the US? Because there's a big following over there. Yes, too. it's available there. It's available in a lot of countries. Uh, okay. A lot of Europe, Japan, Mexico, America, Australia. Um, but in some, it's only the ebook variety. If you follow me, I often do promotion days where the ebook is free. Okay, so where's that? Where can they follow you? So on Instagram and Twitter, I'm at Blue Girl Nurse. And on Facebook, I've got a page called Blue Girl Nurse. Okay. And where's your blog? That's bluegirlnurse.co.uk. Okay, cool. We'll put all these links in the show notes so people can just click on them below below (laughs) the episodes. They'll all be there for them. And we'll put the link to your book as well on Amazon. Oh, thank you. No worries. I'm really into giving it to, it's well, everybody, but especially nurses and especially student nurses for free because they don't have any money. <laughs> oh, bless you. <laughs> but their reviews have been so lovely. And if you, could I just say that if you do read it, I'd be so grateful for a review on Amazon because that's the only way of marketing because it's just me promoting it. I haven't got a publisher doing it. Yeah, definitely jump on and review it. I will read it and review it for you, no problem. <laughs> it's the same with the podcast, you know, you, you market that yourself as well. So yeah. I understand what you're saying totally. It's so. surprising how time-consuming that is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all that back-end stuff that we don't even think about when we get into this I know. <laughs> um, business side of things and you're like whoa I've got to learn a whole commerce degree almost here you know it's know. crazy I've yeah. had to set aside I find it so easy to end up being on your phone constantly which I hate and I've never been a phone person until until this summer and I was trying to promote it all I thought oh no this is 
too much. So I now set aside an hour in the morning. To, I kind of treat it like work. So if I'm off, I just spend a strict hour doing all that stuff and then that's it done. <laughs> Good on you. That's awesome. Well, it was lovely to chat to you, Emma. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks and I so look forward to reading your book. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Happy Nurse Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's content and would like to join the Happy Nurse community, head over to Facebook and check out the Happy Nurse AU Facebook page and request to join the Happy Nurse community. Also, check out happynurse.com.au for access to free downloads and subscription to my blog. See you soon. And in the meantime, remember to always offer yourself the same compassion that you so freely give to others.